Hello and welcome to Spotlight, Manx Radio's very own front row. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, the hunt is on at the Kensington Arts Centre as the latest National Theatre Connections play opens. The new Manx Youth Bard tells us why she loves the art of poetry and an annual Manx Artistic Institution of sorts. As always, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you might be involved in, planning, hoping to create or would really like to put in the spotlight, be they poetic, visual, theatrical, musical or literary or indeed anything else. Just email me, spotlight at manxradio.com or if you prefer, direct Howard Kane at manxradio.com with an E on the cane. To start this evening, the first Manx Wildlife Trust Biosphere Artist in Residence has been setting out her stall, or should that be easel. Claire Payne was installed in the Arts Council funded position recently, a role which sees an association between the Manx Wildlife Trust and UNESCO Biosphere Isle of Man. I caught up with Claire to find out more and suggested she seemed to be an ideal fit for the role, being not only a conservation artivist, but also someone who did zoology at university. I did, yes. Mm. Uh, I studied uh, zoology and as part of that, um, I came over to the marine labs in Port Erin. And actually, that's where my sort of love of the Isle of Man came from. I um, I'd had a few holidays here as a child, um, but it wasn't until the early 2000s that I came over here and spent any length of time. Um, and I fell in love with the island so much that in 2002, when I graduated, I never left. So I've been here ever since. And where did the art come into it then? Is that something that you've always loved to do or did that sort of develop out of your interest in zoology and the natural world? A combination of the two, really. So um, my parents were were very arty. My mum was uh, a talented amateur artist. My dad was a a carpenter Um, and my grandfather was a painter. So there was a a lot of sort of influence there uh, from an early age. And I enjoyed art as a child and I did GCSE and I did... AS level. I was intending to do an A level, but uh, I was also doing the three sciences and general studies. So it became a little bit much after my first year. So I did an AS in art. And actually, although it was uh, more of a hobby for the following years, um, it was lockdown when I uh, turned to art as a bit of uh, a bit of solace in all the the isolation of, uh, of being in lockdown and sort of rekindled that that passion for for art and began to do painting far more frequently and in sort of conjunction with my my love of nature and wildlife and obviously my zoology background I've always tried to combine the two but it's sort of they fell hand in hand just naturally really Um, and of course we've got so many amazing outdoor spaces here to be inspired by it um, it just it all sort of fell into place. So coming to this new position which you're You've just been awarded, uh, and many congratulations for that, because I know it was basically up for tender and various people came and put these ideas forward to the Wildlife Trust in association, partnership, of course, with UNESCO Biosphere Isle of Man. So it is this Biosphere Artist in Residence. Now, of course, we bandy this phrase around Biosphere. What, what, as a zoologist and perhaps as an artist as well, what, what does the phrase mean to you or the word mean to you, Biosphere? 
so obviously scientifically bio meaning sort of life we've got uh, it's it, for me it's going to be this the study of uh, the life of the isle of man and bringing that together the the sort of term biosphere is is more focused on life in our environment and our sort of our community and so i'll be working uh, alongside the biosphere isle of man to create projects that are sort of directly relevant to the Isle of Man and to the to the nature and and conservation issues we have here. So looking forward then to the next 12 months, plenty happening and obviously the change of the seasons presumably will mark the different projects and the different art as well. There's a focus on various MWT projects, I think, so things like the Ramsey Hairpin Woodland Park and the Ayers Nature Discovery Centre. How is this sort of going to work practically then? Because it's it's not just about you and your art. It's also obviously about engagement with the people of the island. Definitely. So the, the focus is less on the art that I've created or the art that I'm able to create during the year and more about what I can inspire others on the island to create um, during the residency. Um, there will be various different uh, projects to be involved in throughout the, the whole of the island. Uh, but as you say, with a particular focus on the north, um, we've got some amazing um, sites and nature discovery centres and we're really keen to perhaps introduce audiences who haven't already visited some of those to to the amazing species and things that they are habitats for and the intention is to create some large-scale art installations and do some smaller projects that the whole community can be involved in so people could come along and create uh, an element for themselves either something that they can take away and keep or something that will then uh, form part of a larger installation that we can uh, we can all collaborate on. And you were mentioning as we were chatting coming up uh, this morning about uh, a survey so a survey going out what to sort of ask people what they might like to see, what sort of mediums they might be interested in, or what will the survey actually capture? Uh, Well, we were really keen um, for this residency to be about the Manx public, the Manx community, all ages, all backgrounds, um, all levels of ability when it comes to art. And so we designed the survey so that um, we can hear sort of straight from the, the horse's mouth, if you like, what people would like to be involved in, what sort of medium they would like to try, um, any ideas that, that the public have that they think they would, would be keen to come along and, and, and give a go. Um, so it's a very, very short survey. It takes less than a minute to complete, but it'll give us a real good um, direction to help sort of steer uh, the project in the in the way that the community would like us to um, because we're really keen to uh, engage as many different audiences as we can and for people to to enjoy this project you know the, the residency is about connecting um, the Manx public with their environment and with the uh, Manx nature um, and so that's our our real um, drive behind the survey is to to get as many um, people to complete it as possible so that we're producing the sort of workshops and the sort of um, activities that people want to attend. And that survey is online on the Manx Wildlife Trust website, mwt.im, also on Claire's social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Claire's handle at Claire Payne Art. And they'll be using the hashtag Manx Nature Art for people to post their own artworks. So get involved. It sounds a fascinating project. I'm really looking forward to what Claire is going to come up with over the coming months. We'll hear a little bit more from Claire, by the way, next week about her work and also some legacy projects. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, the hunt is on at Kensington Arts in Douglas tomorrow. Fear not, they've not lost anything. Hunt 
is this year's National Theatre Connections play, written by Fanula Kennedy, directed by David Dawson. Creative Development Coordinator Peter Shimon and cast member Callum told me more about the NTC and the play itself. It happens every year that the National Theatre Commission 10 new plays from writers um, aimed at young people. And we signed up to the scheme, uh, I think it's our seventh or eighth year doing National Theatre Connections. Um, and we read through the 10 plays, me and the director, David Dawson, read through the 10 plays, picked our favourite play, which was this one. Um, and we had to submit our application to the National Theatre to be able to do it. And um, they gave us this show. We held open auditions. It's like a workshop style audition, which we did back in October or November time last year. Um, cast the show and then been rehearsing ever since. Okay, Callum, right, your chance to tell us what it's about then, The Hunt. It's a a good evocative title. What's the actual play about? I can't give away too much. No, no, no no pot spoilers. (laughs) But Hunt is a fantastic play that in each, like, spectrum, whenever you think, oh, I know this character, I know what they like, I know what they do, you don't. You really don't. There's always more and more layers to the story. And as the story goes on, you get to see it unfold, which is really fun. And tell us a little bit about your character. I know you can't give too much away. I totally agree. You've got to go and see it. But tell us about your character, Frau. My character is just pure layers. On the first, he seems like a stubborn and trying to act cool and fun guy. But in reality, there's something deeper and deeper inside of him. So where's the actual, you say there's open casting. So this... Are you getting cast from some schools around the island, Peter, or how does it work? Yeah, we have um, young people from the ages of 12 to 16 um, that represent all of the island's high schools and Callum's from UCM as well. So when we hold the open auditions, we don't necessarily think about that, but just by by chance, the people that we chose that were best for the parts um, cover the entire schools. So hopefully a lot of the head teachers and drama teachers will be out to watch them and to support their friends as well. What appealed to you about the play, this play itself, either of you? Um, I would say that for us, um, it's maybe a bit more light-hearted than the um, shows that we've done in the past. The last couple of years have been, I'd say, a bit more hard hitters of shows, um, particularly last year with Windrush Generations. Um, this year, although there is some dark, mature themes to the show, you know, it's kind of kids out on a council estate playing an, a, a naughty game, we'll call it that, Um we found that all the characters also had a lightness to them as well. Like Callum says, there's a lot of layers, there's good levels of comedy in it. So we wanted something um, that's probably a bit more accessible. After a couple of tough years, we wanted something that was a bit more fun. So that really stood out for us. What about the rehearsal process, Callum? Because there's several ways of doing this. Now, clearly, the directors are wonderful. You're bound to say that Absolutely. One, one way or another. Uh, is it something, did you sort of discuss the plot first and your individual characters and what the themes were? Or did you just sort of go in and sort of block it out and then sort of think about it more? What was the actual rehearsal process to get yourself going? I've got to say, it's the uh, other cast members, they're really great. And we do these like exercises to make sure we, like before we start, I mean, before we start the rehearsal, we do exercises to make sure everyone's like in tune with themselves. And we also get breaks, which is also great because we get to talk to people. We get to become better friends with them. We, we get to connect with them better. Mm-hmm. And once you build that connection, you can start to pick up on other people's cues and you get to learn more about them. And that really, really improves your like performance with other people. It, it, you're absolutely right, I think. We've acted before, obviously, in, in uh, Blackadder. What is it appeals about this, the whole acting process? You're mentioning there this, this forming connections and it is a great way of forming friendships. And there is this... Yeah, there is a particular bond, isn't it, when you're actually acting with someone on stage, you're playing different characters, but you also do get this sort of very close bond and and this sort of feeling of mutual trust because, you you know, they've got to trust you that you're going to do your part and, and vice versa and everyone stays in and it's all about working as a team. 
looking forward for this play, the rehearsal process has been underway for how many weeks? Oh gosh, that's that's asking me a question. Quite We've a few. definitely been doing um, every week um, since around the end of October, beginning of November. Mm-hmm. We took a bit of a break for half term. Um, and it doesn't finish after these performances finish as well. We will be taking these kids over to the UK to perform um, at the York Theatre Royal in April. So even though it's the um, home performances, we call it, next week, we will then be back in rehearsals the week after to prepare for the trip to the UK. Which is, yeah, terrifically exciting. I must admit, I've done a few things across as well, and that just sort of opens up a whole, whole new ball play really of, of what's going on there and the standard can be incredibly high when you go across as well yeah it's another great part about connections so when we go for the partner theater festival which is in york this year for us and um, we will meet uh, other young groups that have been working on other plays around the same time so i i think there might be some workshops type of things that they do as well as their performance and um, but it means that they will be able to make those connections with the people from different youth theaters across the country as well i think there's about 600 youth groups um, that are doing national theater connections shows so it's a really great opportunity and not something that many people get the opportunity to do, especially uh, when you're a teenager. And for you, Peter, then this whole thing of connections and, and Callum was mentioning it as well. I suppose it's not only getting people interested, perhaps in the theatre, interested in the arts, interested in acting, but also this possibility of forming new friendships, new bonds as well. Yeah, I think I think connections is the, is the real term that we make for this. So there is um, the theatre side of it. You know, there is learning the craft, there is rehearsing for the show. But like Callum said, you are creating a bond with the people that you're sharing the stage with. Um, and I've had it. I've done theatre for a long time growing up. And you do form those friendships quite early on. And a lot of them can, you know, really last a lifetime. And with this group, we've got kind of a mixture of people with a little bit of experience and others that are completely new to the stage. So it's been great watching them have that kind of first experience of, what rehearsals are like, learning their lines, doing the blocking, doing the scene changes, which we all love doing. Um, and But then, yeah, like Callum says, in the breaks, talking to each other, making those friendships. We've got a WhatsApp group that's pinging off all the time. So, um, yeah, it's really great to, I guess, look at the social side of, of theatre and the art because um, a lot of people um, get involved in sports and stuff like that and you understand the, the team style mm-hmm. nature of sports but it's exactly the same within the arts it's very much the case in in drama that you get to form those bonds and callum would you like to go further with your theatrical career like i said we've done something in several years ago at the gate you're doing this now taking it across to the uk as well of course would you like to go further with with your stage work absolutely um after my college course where i've just got an offer for level three music i'll be taking that to go to away to arts ed hopefully if i get in for Brilliant. drama It'll be brilliant. I know they always argue this. Great to see young people coming into the theatre and uh, taking an interest. And as you say, it's, it can spark off a lifelong passion, whether it's professional or, or staying at an amateur level. Regardless, it's still a lifelong passion, I think. Only one thing remains to say, break a leg. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for having us. The first performance tomorrow eve, 17th of March, of course, 7pm. Another performance on 7pm Friday, a matinee on Saturday, the 19th at 2pm and the final performance 7pm that Saturday evening. Again, tickets are available online kensingtonarts.im at the Villa Marina or Welcome Centre or if you really forget, of course, on the door. Now, you may have seen recently that the new Manx Youth Bard was installed only a few days back. 15-year-old Eva Petrova took on the mantle, just pipping 17-year-old Cecile Wood to the post. The evening compared by the current Bard, Owen Atkinson, who also made up part of the Bardic judging panel. They dropped into the Spotlight studio and Eva explained the process of how the youth bard is chosen. So first we we each write a couple of poems. You can submit up to three poems and then the 
there's sort of a selection between all of them and you, there's chosen two, one for the runner-up and one for the Manx Youth Bard and they both uh, turn up for an audition. Then you sit before a panel of judges and read out your poetry and do a little introduction. Nerve-wracking? <laughs> Very. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also, at the end, you perform it in front of sort of the parents and the people who have come to watch you. What is it that draws you to poetry then? I think, yeah, not a lot of people that at my age, I don't, I barely know anyone who sort of writes poetry. Mm. And I like writing poetry because, again, it's sort of different from everyone else, but it's also a form of writing. I like writing in general and it helps, it helps me to sort of relax and also to explore sort of a range of different topics which might not be talked about as much or might not have that much attention on them. And it's you sort of see them more as, because again, I think what people, what a lot of young people quite often do like is maybe getting into bands and playing with music, but you always think of these more as poems rather than writing songs, which a lot of folk might do, I guess. No, I do, I like music. I'm mm -hmm. quite musical as well, but I've never really written a song because I find it easier with poetry when it doesn't need like a tune mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. What about you, and when, when did you get going? Was it something, did you start out at an early age or was it sort of a bit, bit later on in life that you sort of thought that you really liked the idea of expressing yourself through poetry? Um, so I properly started writing um, when I was at university, um, so maybe at 19 or 20 years old. Um, I wrote a little in school, as, as most people do um, in English lessons, mm -hmm. as you were saying. But um, yeah, I thought um, it just came out from um, a need to express something really um i've always been into writing i studied languages as, as my degree and kind of a love of language is where a lot of my poetry comes from um and yeah it's just a way of um getting stuff out mostly to be honest it's, it's very cathartic it's very relaxing and um it helps you process things I find. And it's a surprising number of people that I, I know. You quite often find I chat to people, and I've done a couple of little bits over here, and you, you bump it. I didn't know you wrote poetry. And people who sort of, they're sort of closet poets, if you know what I mean. You <laughs> sure. sort of, I there's a few people I've known, I've known for years, and they oh, yeah, I quite like writing a bit of poetry on, you know, just for, yeah. as you say, just to express themselves, just to put something down. And it's not a story, it's not for song. It's sometimes not even, they're not really thinking of doing anything specific with it. They just enjoy the process of writing poetry. Yeah, the actual writing process itself is can be the most valuable thing for a lot of people i always encourage people to share their to share their work you know um as, as the manx bard i do organize events and stuff every now and then and i attend um and kind of help out with open mics and things like that mm -hmm. um which is a great it's really obviously great to be able to share something so vulnerable but for a lot of people yeah the actual act of writing itself is enough and i think that's that's quite beautiful as well so what was it you were on the judging panel i think with the with the other some of the other former bards as well yeah that's right so um yeah it was me and, and a couple of other of the the, the previous manx bards although i say previous i want the bard always a bard <laughs> that's true that is true so what was it i mean presumably quite a tricky process because it can be very subjective i dare say the standard's very good in any case with any of these uh, young poets coming through was there anything or is there anything you can sort of think of that really stood out in in eva's work so I think, I think with either, with with but both of the poets. Um, that so it was. Um, Cecile Wood was the other was is our runner up. Yeah, very and close. I know it was a close competition. That it, was, it was very very yeah. close. I think both of them showed very confident performance styles, which I think was impressive. Impressive for anybody so young. 
particularly Eva, who's only 15 years old. I thought she was very confident, um, which is something that stood out straight away. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the writing, I just felt like it just felt very accomplished. And I, I was I was and, and very assured, um, which was really um, quite surprising. Again, for somebody so young, I thought it was very impressive that um, she had such a distinct voice um, because, you know, anybody can write, not any, anybody can write. And there are some things you, where you hear and you think that could have been written by a load, a load of different people. Um, but when, yeah, when, when I heard her poem, I thought that sounds, even though I've just met you, that sounds very you. Yeah. I think that is the mark of a, a good poet. And what sort of themes do you like to write about, Eva? What sort of... I assume there are some things that you think, oh gosh, you know, you feel inspired to write poetry. Are there particular themes you like? I usually write about themes which are, well, they're quite often discussed now because they've recently just had a light shine on them. So, for example, racism and the LGBTQ community. We, like, we had a couple of assemblies and stuff in school and that's what sort of got me into these topics in the first place. And I also do a bit of acting and I've done plays before, which mm -hmm. have sort of themes from that. And that just gets me into the topic. And then I want to write more about it. You fancy giving us one of your poems then, uh, Eva? I'll do the one which I did for my audition. Mm -hmm. But I'll only do half because it's quite a long poem. OK, I'll leave it up to you where to, where to stop then. This poem is called Masked. We are all a present, the gift of life and ornament wrapped in layers of paper skin, concealing all within. The heart pumps a flood of red silky ribbon blood, coursing through intricate patterns of shapes and coloured veins. Individuality. We are counters on a board game, playing under a false name with the unpredictability of a path, points pre-allotted on the graph. A carefully planned beginning, a similarly executed ending, our futures dependent on the roll of a dice without landing on the same square twice. Life. We are chessboard figures, disguised in simplistic colours, backdated views of black and white, a tinge of red, a bloodshed sight. One against the other in battle, try beat them all out like cattle. Different shade to discriminate, kill the king. Checkmate. Race. Part of Masked by Eva Petrova. Beautiful stuff. And here's to an exciting year for Eva and Cecile and the whole bardic culture. Finally, a highlight of rural arts on the island takes place this Saturday. The Braid Estedford has been running, well, forever, I think. The evening itself renowned for going on till all hours. Dot Tilbury has been a regular there since she was knee-high to a grasshopper. They have all sorts of classes, and if somebody brought along a performing lawnmower, they'd start a class for that. You know, it's one of those places, very flexible. But it's on uh, Saturday the 19th of March, and it starts at 730 And um, this year, we've, our chairman is Mr Chris Lyons from Union Mills chapel and uh, the adjudicators are myself for the literary and um, this year Mr Alan Wilcox has retired but we're delighted to have Mr Gareth, Gareth Moore. Yes, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better and of course Mrs Wendy McDowell accompanying on the piano. How many forte. years has Wendy been there? Oh she's been there 
you know, forever. But it's a great night's entertainment. You know, it's fun and games. And uh, we start off, of course, with the famous hymn raising. I was going to say, so what is hymn raising for those who don't know? Well, it's everybody who's anybody gets up to sing. Even even I've got up to sing in the hymn raising. And you just pick a hymn and like all things bright and beautiful. And you start singing it, all things bright and beautiful. And then Wendy joins in on the piano in the key that it's written in the hymn book. And if you get the exact key, you go through to the next round. But if you don't get, you're you're fired. (laughs) Art in the raw. Or in the country. Long may it continue. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com and download the Spotlight podcast. Listen at your leisure. Drop me a line with any artistic thoughts or ideas. Stay creative. I'll see you same time next week. Cheerio. (laughs) 